0: The following is a paid commercial announcement. This week at DelawareValleyJournal.com. Now that Delaware County DA Jack Stolzheimer has charged three cops in the shooting death of Fantability, some local residents are asking, who'll back the blue? And with Joe Biden's poll numbers plunging, the D.C. GOP is targeting local Congresswoman Chrissy Houlihan. Meet the three Republicans who want to take her on. It's all at DelawareValleyJournal.com. It's real news because it's about real life. DelawareValleyJournal.com. And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com, where we hope you're stopping by every day to check out terrific content created by wonderful people like Linda Stein. Linda, how are you? I'm fine, Michael. Thank you. How are you? Well, the good news is there's no news going on (laughs) at the moment. Nothing to cover, nothing to do. So, But if you do want to keep track of the news, uh, we have a a twice-a-week newsletter. You can sign up at DelawareValleyJournal.com. There's a little button right there. And, of course, we hope you follow us on Twitter, DV underscore Journal, and we're on Facebook as well. Right, Linda? Did I cover all that?
1: Yes, and uh, aren't we lucky we're not in Ukraine.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i think that's myself every day uh so uh uh when people ask what kind of person do we need in the united states senate sometimes they think that we've got a room full of 100 people who need a diagnosis well dr kevin Bomlin is in fact a doctor dr Bomlin, can you give the senators the sort of diagnosis that they need
2: i think so and uh thank you for having me uh, thank you linda and michael both I have spent 30 years uh, as a physician as a not just a frontline provider in the emergency department, um, but also as a leader running emergency departments, both in New York and here in Philadelphia for the last five years and also starting urgent care centers and understanding the business side of healthcare. But mainly as an advocate for homeless folks, for disenfranchised folks, for people with substance use disorder, and in particular older adults is my area of focus and interest in improving their care is something that I want to bring to Washington because it's my expertise and we I think quite clearly that our healthcare system
0: needs help and I'm there to help. But just to be clear, uh, Dr. Boblin, who's running in the Democratic uh, primary for U.S. Senate, you are not a psychologist. You cannot diagnose the people in Washington the way many Americans think they need to be diagnosed.
2: Uh, I'm not not a psychologist (laughs) or a psychiatrist. I deal with lots of people with psychiatric illnesses. Um, That said, I don't plan on diagnosing anyone when I'm in the Senate. I plan on working with people, um, meeting them, getting to understand them, and uh, working with both sides of the aisle to get things done and not have rhetoric or lack of compromise, but just calm understanding and listening and hearing each other.
0: So if you listen to the American people, uh, we have a spate of polls that have come out in the last 72 hours that show that between 65 and 70% of Americans believe that the United States is currently on the wrong track. Do you agree with them? And if so, how would you get America on the right track?
2: I I don't agree with them. Uh, I feel that uh, we are coming out of a global pandemic and uh, there's lots of uh, turmoil in the world. I'm uh, supportive of our president and uh, hope he succeeds. That said, I think he's uh, done some uh, great accomplishments. For instance, the infrastructure bill in a bipartisan fashion to get bridges built and to um, get great jobs uh, for workers across the Commonwealth and across the country. Uh, I'm encouraged by that. I, um, I'm discouraged by the lack of compromise on uh, the Build Back Better legislation. And I think there's enough in there that uh, we can get some agreement and keep moving forward. Uh, uh, as an, I'm an IT person as well, so. Uh, Uh, We don't always get to have things perfect before we go live, I like to say 85% is good let's go. Um, So I think that uh, some of the leaders on both sides of the Democratic Party and and the Republicans as well need to uh, look at some compromise and just keep moving forward.
1: Doctor, I know you're not an economist, Uh, however, are you not concerned at all about uh, the inflationary uh, uh, pronouncements that might be brought on by uh, the Build Back Better if it were to pass?
2: Uh, No, I I think we have a short-term inflation uh, problem that's brought on by our post-pandemic reality, which is uh, increased demand because people are out looking to buy goods and services and Uh, a relative lack of supply, and that causes inflationary pressures. Um, I think that will ease over time as we get more production and more product into the market um, and get more computer chips, for instance, uh, produced so that we can uh, um, produce more cars and products that need chips. Uh, I think Build Back Better has some great um, features in it, like the 15 percent corporate flat tax, And what we know about Build Back Better is it'll be paid for and will not cause increased inflation. Uh, Depending on what finally gets passed, I'm sure and confident that uh, it won't have the effect on harming our economy, but instead improving it.
1: Um, And you're the first of the Senate candidates to come out with your own health plan, right? Correct. Uh, What are a a few of the main tenets of that plan?
2: my uh, plan focuses on three main uh, fundamentals, uh, universal, simple, and accessible. So it's it's a fallacy that we uh, strive towards universal healthcare if people who have plans have huge deductibles and copays. Um, many people on the exchange, for instance, have like $9,000 deductibles. So if something actually does go wrong, um, they go bankrupt trying to figure out how to pay for the illness that they thought was covered because they have this health insurance that doesn't really cover everything. Uh, we need to get rid of co-pays and deductibles. We need to increase Medicaid, uh, in my opinion, to 400% of the poverty line so that people who are working and they're really doing everything right only have to work one job instead of two and have health insurance that covers everything they need so that they can keep their kids well and keep themselves out of hospital and at work instead of uh, not working and having a good job. Um, from a simplicity perspective, uh, myself as a healthcare leader and also someone who helps others navigate our healthcare system, we know that pre-authorization and denials are incredibly burdensome from um, the perspective of uh, people who are using the healthcare system, but also from the perspective of of uh, administrators in our healthcare systems, there's huge millions of dollars spent every year um, worried about pre-authorization and worried about recovery from denial of care from insurance plans. We need to stop that. And uh, we also, along the way, need to ensure that everyone has care when they need it, access. So in my opinion, we need to pass legislation so that any provider or hospital that accepts even a single dollar from Medicare uh, accepts insurance payment in full from any plan that a patient may have. Those are the basic fundamentals of my health care plan. They're meant to be um, just that principles and fundamentals so that we can come up with ideas in a bipartisan fat, uh, fashion. How to pay for this new way of thinking about healthcare, care, which is all about care and not about making profit. Uh, because what people want, people across the Commonwealth, is to be cared for by our healthcare system, and not having to worry about bringing their credit card every time they go to see their doctor.
0: So I just want to make sure you said no deductibles and no copays. That would be the goal. Okay, and and, and who's going to pay for that?
2: Well, that's that's the part that we're going to uh, that we're working on next. Um, if you take out all the excessive money that's in healthcare and realign how um, payments are paid and completely restructure our fee schedules. For instance, um, the the excesses that surgical procedures bring into healthcare systems and hospitals um, and focus on primary care, mental health services, uh, change the tide of how we look at charge master reform and PBM reform, which is our Republican ideas actually. Uh, We can really find a lot of dollars saved My research and my work throughout my career is how to make uh, better value out of Medicare. And that's by bringing better quality and lower cost. And we could do things that were uh, tried and tested and studied during CMMI, which was uh, the Center for Medicare and Medicare Innovation, uh, which I get a lot of heat because uh, progressives think that was like Republican ideas. And I just think it's good ideas. If you can bring down costs of Medicare, we can uh, save billions and billions of dollars and make the system better. So, that when Medicare people are qualified for Medicare, hopefully at a younger age, actually, mm-hmm. uh, but we can't have Medicare for all until we fix Medicare and um, make it better for older adults and more inclusive so that not paying supplementals and co pays and prescription drug um, benefit charges mm-hmm. and pay for dental uh, on top of their Medicare. <laughs> and also, by the way, home care for at least four hours a day of unskilled workforce. Um, So that when our older adults, my parents, your parents uh, need just a little help in the morning, that's covered on Medicare, too.
0: Right. So that's a lot more for Medicare to cover. And like you said, the paying for it part uh, needs to be worked out. The topics that most of the Democratic primary candidates are talking about in the Senate race uh, revolve around things like uh, the uh, federal voter election law that's being debated and and blowing up the filibuster. Would you support ending the tradition of the filibuster? And do you support having uh, federal control of state elections as proposed in H.R. 1 and the uh, John Lewis bill?
2: I support ending the uh, filibuster to get voting uh, rights legislation passed. But I also know from my touring throughout the Commonwealth, we've done 9000 miles, probably over 100 meetings by now. What people are really talking about at their kitchen tables is their health and healthcare, and how they're gonna get through this pandemic and how they're gonna pay their medical bills. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're talking about how they're gonna care for their older adults. They're talking about are their kids getting good education and they're talking about jobs and where their high paying jobs went and how can we get them back? I wanna remain focused on those three big topics, healthcare, jobs and education because I think those are the things and the issues that people are really care about that we can work on together and move the country and the Commonwealth forward.
0: One more question before I throw it back to Linda. You mentioned the things people talk about. Based on the polls, the thing people talk about the most is inflation. You said earlier that you think the Build Back Better bill won't add to that. What is your solution for inflation? Or do you just think it's not a significant problem that needs a solution?
2: I, I, I'm, I'm gleefully not um, running my campaign based on polls. Um, running my campaign based on uh, three big issues: healthcare, jobs, and education. Because I think when you get right back down to it, um, jobs with a living wage are important for our economy uh, and to build dignity and populations of people across the country, and to give people hope and dignity and respect across the Commonwealth. Yes, we have a temporary inflationary pressures. Um, I think that the um, triggers and the leaders leading our economy and are uh, um, uh, coming out of this pandemic uh, will uh, slow inflation and get our economy roaring again. Uh, I'm confident that will be the case. Uh, and I look forward to the next uh, coming months and the next year to really see some incredible growth in our country.
1: Dr., you the other day you had called upon uh, Nancy Patton Mills, a Democratic chairwoman for Pennsylvania, to hold uh, debates for the Senate candidates like the Republicans are doing. Uh, Have you gotten any answer from her?
2: Well, there's a scheduled debate Friday night with the Democratic Women's Caucus. Um, But we haven't gotten much more back. Uh, It's a shame because I think that um, people talk about getting candidates with life experience into politics. Um, My life experience of 30 years working as a physician on the front lines, also being a businessman, um, also working on issues caring for people from homelessness to gun control to older adult care. Um, My life experience is the qualifications that a senator should have. Uh, I think on the Democratic side, we haven't had a uh, position leader in over 70 years. Um, My voice is an important voice that needs to be heard and should be heard as we have a dialogue of how to move um, this nation forward. My hope is that there'll be more coming debates so that uh, we don't have a foregone conclusion. I believe quite strongly that we have a 17th Amendment for a reason to let the people decide. I think I have great ideas and thoughts that need to be heard. It can't be heard if it's all about money and power and um, political backroom deals. Uh, debates are one venue that we can do that. It shouldn't just all be about raising big money and doing television ads. We should be able to hear from the candidates, have a dialogue, have a conversation, and um, let the people decide who the candidate for U.S. Senate should be.
0: And finally, one thing we ask uh, Republicans is who they think won the 2020 election. Now that uh, President Biden and Vice President uh, Harris and the majority leader in the House have raised questions about 2022's legitimacy. Do you believe if you're on the ballot uh, in the general election 2022 that it's going to be conducted, uh, quote, legitimately? Or do you agree with President Biden that there are serious questions about the legitimacy of the 2022 election?
2: I- I've never heard that statement before, that there's serious questions. I- I've never heard that. Uh, Joe Biden's our president. He was duly elected. Uh, We need to move on from that conversation and that dialogue. Um, So you didn't
0: hear the President of the United States (coughs) in his national press conference say repeatedly that he has questions about the legitimacy of the 2022 election unless the federal law is passed. He used the word legitimacy. You didn't hear that? No. No. Dr. Kevin Bomlin, he is the candidate for U.S. Senate in the Democratic U.S. Senate primary here in the beautiful state of Pennsylvania. Thanks much for joining us for the podcast. We appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media. And if you haven't, sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again, I'm your host, Michael Graham.